Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. In this week's episode, we talk about our most un-Texan attribute, the basketball season coming to a close in the Elite Eight, a football spring practice in Midland, and baseball getting back on track with a four-game series against Northeastern. The 23 Personnel Podcast starts right now. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back for yet another week of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. We are unfortunately wrapping up the basketball season, and this week, um, season came to a to an end in the the Elite Eight against Villanova. Kind of bittersweet there. Uh, best ever season, but wished it could have kept on going. Um, we're also going to get into football. There was a spring practice this week in Midland. Also some kind of breaking news or big news from the program um, that night. Some post-game activities got a little out of hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to obviously talk about baseball. As I think that's the the other main sport that we're going to be talking about going forward with football and spring practice being going with a baseball team that's already halfway through their season or will be after this weekend series. And of course we've got a, some great questions from you guys and close it out with things that we learned. Um, but before we, we do all that, Michael had this, I'm not sure where, where he got it from, but he, he wanted, I don't know, Michael, why don't you set it up and Sure, yeah. I, I saw a, a tweet that was going around a little bit last week, and that's why I can't remember who tweeted it. I'm really good about that. I'm good about having sources but not remembering what they were. And <laughs> You'd be an excellent journalist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you would just say, sources say. Yeah, and it wouldn't be because I was making it up. It would be just because I was lazy or bad at my job. Like, I know someone told me that, but I can't remember who, so sources say... <laughs> uh, sources with knowledge of the situation. But uh, this tweet was basically, it was the gist of, you know, name the most un-Texan thing about you. And it got me to thinking, and I saw a couple other people I follow do it. And the first thing I thought of was one that someone else had put, and it's that I'm really not a fan of sweet tea. And it's not that I don't like it, I guess, but I've prefer unsweet tea which i know is it's kind of weird but according to my wife who grew up in kentucky she's she's seen it in texas a lot more than she thought she would and unsweet tea here she doesn't think is as uncommon and maybe that's because sweet tea is just that common in the bluegrass state but either way whenever i order tea i prefer unsweet if it's Every now and then I'll do like half and half, but that's really it. I'm I'm not about drinking sugar sugar brown water. 
It's it's just not <laughs> appealing to me. So, do you not drink soda? Not not really. No, I probably probably about 2012 or so I started giving it up, and then I would I treat myself to one a month or something like that. Whoa! So or yeah, or I go to a movie and I'd get one, and you know, just kind of that sort of thing. But no, I I don't drink any. I drink those little. Um, I drink flavored carbonated waters now. Those are those kind of kill that craving for me. But every now and then you've just got to have a Coke or a Pepsi or a Dr. Pepper, whatever. Pepsi better be like last on your list. Like you can't get a Coke, you can't get a Dr. Pepper, like, but I need carbonated soda. I really You have to settle for Pepsi. No, I, I, I enjoy Pepsi. It's it's there's, I don't know if it's my favorite. Untexan most untexan thing about you number two. <laughs> we found another one, yeah. We mined we mined and we Bitcoin mined another one. Um yeah, Pepsi's good. I like Pepsi. Oh, here's something really blasphemous. Speaking of. And I think I've told you this, or maybe in our Slack chat we've talked about it, but I used to make at a fountain drink place, I would make what I called a Dr. Pepsi, which of course is <laughs> Not, you know what's coming, but um, I would take a Dr. Pepper. No, I can't even remember what I did, but it was like a, I would fill it about four fifths of the way with one, and then the rest of it I is almost like a <laughs> splash of the other. And I was Aww. so proud of it, and it was so delicious. But I can't even remember what it was. It was so long ago. And that's that's going to be a terrible take. So that's not a very Texan thing of me to probably put Pepsi almost. I don't know. I like all three. I, I, I like Coke. There's times I really want a Coke. There's times I really want a Pepsi. And there's times I really want a Dr. Pepper. I go back and forth. Yeah. So I'm if, if I'm drinking soda, which I mean, I'm, I'm not as I'm not as healthy as Michael was just having one a month. I've got one tonight from or from dinner tonight from. The greatest orange and white yellow. Oh my gosh, no yellow. Orange and white restaurant on the planet. It looks good. It should be a, a corporate sponsor of Texas Tech Athletics. <laughs> yeah, Go ahead should. and get a little drink. Um, <laughs> yeah, was so it good? I don't, <laughs> yeah, it was so good. I'm, I'm a, if, if I'm drinking soda, it's, it's Dr. Pepper. Um, if for some reason I'm like just burned out, I need a break, I will go to a Coke. Um, the other soda that I really like that you can't really find here is Mr. Pibb. Oh, now that's kind of blasphemous. That's kind I'm, of a, I'm a big that's fan a, of that that's one. worse. I think that's no. worse than liking Pepsi. It's liking Mr. Pibb and then no, and then claiming your love for Dr. Pepper in the same like three well, sentences. Like I said, it's only it's one you you can't get it here, so it's not like I'm drinking it all the time. There's a reason you can't get it here. It wouldn't supplant Dr. Pepper. It's like. Like when I go for a Coke, it's because I want something different than Dr. Pepper because I've, I've had too much or I'm not tasting it. Right? I, I don't know. I, I probably drink way too much soda. I'm okay with that because it's it's delicious, man. I I really do like it. It, <laughs> it took a long time, I mean, to get to this point where I really don't drink it that much. And even when I do, I'll get the diet ones. Like I get yeah, Coke so Zero I, quite a bit if I'm gonna if I'm gonna indulge sometimes. The only way I I justify drinking as much soda as I, I I've tried to switch over to the diet sodas. I know the the sugar replacement is supposedly not very good for you. Oh I'll no. Probably get cancer because of my taste for Dr. Pepper and not being able to give it up. 
But the other thing, when you're talking about sweet tea, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't drink tea anymore. When I did, it was only sweet tea. Um, I, I can't imagine drinking unsweet tea. It oh, it's so good. Disgusting. No, it's so good. <laughs> and it's zero calories and it's got caffeine. And, you know, you've got to be careful where you get it. If you go to a place, you know, Whataburger does it right. They actually brew their tea. Of course they do because they're Whataburger. They do lots of things right. But if you if you go to one of those places that has the tea in the dispenser, you might as well just get water. Um, you know, when we went to Max the other day, they had they brewed their own tea. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. And that's what I had. And then uh, Subway actually makes pretty good tea. I I was going to say, we gave our report back from our visit to Max, right? Right. And the tea wasn't included, but the tea was good. I, I didn't know if we needed to drag that out and rehash that or not. <laughs> oh no, yeah, we we gave we gave full detailed detailed reporting. That's right. what you get from the Twenty Three Personnel podcast is full detailed reporting. Yeah. Well, speaking of of Waterburger, that great orange and white restaurant I referred to, and that they should be a, a corporate sponsor at least of the basketball program. Let's go ahead and talk about the end of the season or wrapping up the two thousand seventeen two thousand eighteen basketball season record-setting team finishing out in the elite eight versus probably the best team left in the tournament villanova i before you know before texas tech lost to villanova i had them winning the whole thing i, I think too. with the craziness on the opposite side of the bracket where you've got loyola and michigan coming through i think villanova should be favored to win going the rest of the way um i i i think Without getting too much into the specifics of the game, because there was there was a really big stretch of time when I was unhappy with how everything was going. I don't think anybody, any Texas Tech fan, will say they were really satisfied with the let's just say the first half. The second half, you saw the patented brand of Texas Tech basketball. They were grinding it out. They were um, really forcing Villanova into some really bad offensive looks because the Texas Tech defense was just unbelievable. Um, forcing turnovers. The biggest thing was you couldn't you couldn't get you couldn't get a rebound to save your life. I don't know what was going on. They didn't have the size or athleticism that you would think would have prevented you from doing that. But like you were just dominated on the glass. I have a slight theory on that, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm but I did. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt you, but here I go. <laughs> but, here, but here we go. Uh, we did, uh, I've, I've got it pulled up just for anyone who wants to know. 
Villanova out-rebounded us 51-33. to It's almost by 20. Yeah, and that includes, on offensive rebounds alone, uh, Villanova had 20 and we had 11. And the reason I think Villanova had so many was because they missed a lot of three-pointers. They were really, really off. And these guys were crashing the boards from beyond the arc. They were long rebounds. We couldn't get a body on everybody. I mean, there were times where we just didn't flat out block out. We didn't find anybody to block out. But a lot of those shots, it seemed like they were rebounded, you know, 12, 15 away from the basket. And – I feel like that might have contributed to it, but it was strange to see it so lopsided. Uh, yeah, because Villanova was – they missed 23-pointers. They were 4 for 24, and I think they're like a 40% team. So that was strange that they were missing so many. And it wasn't just defense because they missed some open ones, <laughs> several open ones. Sure, but I was going to say to your point, you actually, the way you phrased it when you first brought it up, that Villanova missed a bunch of threes is what a lot of the broadcast team, whether it was the guys actually doing the game or the the ridiculous group of guys they had back in the studio, why Charles Barkley is paid for his opinion, I have no idea. That dude is dumber than a rock. I was telling the guys in my office, you know those commercials he does with Samuel L. Jackson and Spike Lee? Oh yeah, where they're fake laughing the whole time? Or, or, or just any of them where he's like, look at that, uh, the armadillo, what does he call it, a, a rock squirrel or... I don't oh, know. I hadn't seen that one. Anyways, those, like, the dumb things he says in those commercials, I'm not so sure that's not scripted and that it's not actually his opinion. Like, he is that dumb. Anyways, to my point, I think there was a lot of people that were, weren't giving the Texas Tech three-point defense the credit they deserved. Yes, Villanova missed some wide-open threes. I think a lot of them... There was a lot of pressure in their face, whether it was like the Mo Bamba effect where they were expecting some some kind of defense from Texas Tech running out at them, where they were, you know, altering the shot without without actually blocking it, or if it was really just that great of defense. The being able to hold a a, a team like Villanova that is really known for its three point shooting to four of twenty four. Is unbelievable. Like you, like going into that game, you if you had said you're going to hold Villanova to four of twenty four, I'm like you're winning that game. Yeah, um, because yeah, that, you take that's, that any that's day really how they, that they beat you because they they also don't have like the greatest size inside where they're like okay we're not going to hit our shots we're just going to we're going to go underneath and and you know pound it in the paint all day pound it in the paint wow <laughs> that's what she said right yeah yeah goodness the other thing on the flip side. Texas Tech converting points in the paint were it was atrocious. At one point, they, they we were talking about it in Slack, and they immediately flashed a stat. Texas Tech was six of twenty-one on layups. Yeah, we were. Those are commiserating together about just how many bunnies they'd missed, and and they couldn't even they'd missed the layup, and then they'd missed the rebound at the basket of the layup. It it just nothing was bouncing their way. Um, that was yet, that was one point, frustrating. <laughs> at one point in the game, you know, you were down only by five points within mm-hmm. three or four minutes left in the game, and I, I think that's when the the layup stat came out. We're like, man, if you would hit fifty percent of your layups, you're either tied or leading this game. Yeah, because like I said, you were six of twenty-one. Um, if you had hit half of those, you would have added another four or five points. 
So you're, you're like I said, you're even when we were down by five. Um, but in the end, it didn't work out. You ended up losing to a really great Villanova team. I'm not just saying that because you lost. This isn't a game that like you, you you know, drop your head and like your, your shoulders are hanging down because Villanova is a really great team. Probably one that's going to go much further in the tournament. Like I said, I've got them winning the whole thing. Um, just an unbelievable season getting to the Elite Eight when you were picked to finish seventh in the conference. I think the only person that saw this coming was probably Dan. <laughs> yeah. He, well, um, and he, he he even said that he probably didn't really fully see this until maybe January. I think that was when he kind of envisioned this type of scenario where we get deep into the tournament, not just make it, but actually um, get a few rounds into it. So it was, it was great to see that. Uh, and like you said, Villanova was – uh, or is a good team. And one thing I noticed about them playing, even when Tech started out hot and the crowd was into it, well, I guess the crowd was into it. I was at Knicks, and the crowd at Knicks was definitely into it. I could I couldn't, I could never <laughs> no, hear the TV. The, the broadcast, like the, the crowd in the broadcast was super heavy lean towards Villanova. I thought so, too, just because it is closer. I think it's around Philadelphia or like a suburb of Philly or something. I'm not even sure, but... The the way that the Villanova guys were just they were treating it like um, like just another day at the office. They weren't worried. None of them were showing any sort of panic or anything other than just focus. And then yeah, next thing you know, they took the lead and that was it. They never you know they never trailed again. It just seemed like they. They decided after the or they didn't decide anything. It's just things went Tech's way for the first five minutes, and then that was then probably the, the last time. <laughs> I was wondering if you were gonna touch on that. I, just I mean, a that's probably that's probably as as far as I'm gonna go into that. I mean, besides, there was like a six, seven, fifteen minute period where Villanova could do no wrong, and all Tech had to do was breathe on them, and they were called for a double technical or something stupid. <laughs> Okay, so nobody got called for a double technical, but it seems like there were multiple times. There's one in my mind. I, I will, probably won't forget it. I can't remember the player, Villanova's player's name. One of their big guys that was playing uh, in the paint was defending a layup drive attempt from Keenan Evans. He absolutely hacked Keenan Evans on the arm. Not even like a question about it. As he's as the Villanova player is backing up, he's got his hands up. He actually grabs on the net, which should, should be a goaltend. Um, and then this player comes down with a rebound and steps out of bounds. And none of those things were called. Like, <laughs> there wasn't a foul. There wasn't a goaltend. And Villanova got to keep the ball when they were out of bounds. It's like, all right, that's that's we're not going to win this game. Yeah, that's the like, that's If the that's going to be allowed to happen, we're not going to win this game. Well, you know, and to your point... Villanova shot 35 free throws and Tech shot 18. So they doubled us up on free throw attempts. The biggest part, I think I think at halftime they had shot like 24 of those. Or 20 yeah. of them. The, the second and then half there was, a long was much. Stretch in the second half. Yeah. Until we started fouling at the very, very end to try to slow the game down. And that's when, the, uh, that's when Villanova shot all their second half free throws. It was the last minute or so of game time. Um. And that I had to, I had to defend that that tactic to a, a couple of friends and family members. Like, why are, why are we fouling? I was like, one, it stops the clock. Two, it 
it looks better <laughs> after the fact if Villanova misses a free throw. And and I don't think they missed a single free throw when we were intentionally fouling to slow the game down. I don't know if they did either. It just to me it felt like they were I think they were up by ten at that point. And Beard had already was, used Beard's eight. Well anyways. What threw me off was that with a minute left, Beard called his last timeout with right after he called his second to last timeout, the possession before. And I thought, well that's that. You know, why would you call your last timeout with a minute left? if you're not just kind of throwing in the towel. But then we kept fouling at least once or twice more after that, and that was kind of annoying. Um, you know, at that point, it was just – it just wasn't going to go our way. That, Yeah, I, I'm not going to get too hung up on the free throw situation because they did improve it a little bit in the second half. I feel like Tech only had two or three fouls until those last four, three or yeah, four I, minutes. The, that was when it was brought up in, in, the, in the broadcast too. It was getting – like three or four minutes left in the game, and Tech only had two fouls. Like, well, if you want to slow the game down, you just start fouling because you're not giving yeah, anything away. They they can't even get. They're not even going like, to get to the free yeah, throw line. It's not, it's not like fouling. a one and one situation for like five more fouls. Go ahead and start fouling them. Yeah, so that was kind of a weird turnaround. But I really think the game was lost with all the the easy buckets that we missed, and then just not getting the rebounds like we normally do. Um, well, and then there's yes. Text Tech was being aggressive in the first half, and there were a lot of fouls that were correctly called. I don't know if it was like Tech was playing a little loose and they were too aggressive or what it was, but that they didn't help themselves with how aggressive they were, especially after seeing how the game was going to be called, um, that they didn't kind of adjust and back off it a little bit. Um Right. But, so Villanova shot a lot of free throws in the first half, uh, was able to build a little lead and not, not, not just build the lead, but also kind of take the air out of the Texas Tech, just both sides of the floor, offensive, defense. You weren't sure what you could do without fouling. Um, so you, you, came, you became super timid on, on the flip side, trying not, to do, not, trying not to foul rather than being cautious. Um, so like there was a long stretch in the first half where it was just really ugly. Like you, you couldn't hit a shot. Now there was there was a span of, of game for both teams where it was like three or four minutes of game time where neither team hit a, a field goal or making or scoring points. No, sorry. Texas Tech wasn't scoring any field goals. Villanova was only scoring at the free throw. This is in the first half, but like it was three or four minutes of game time where neither team hit a, a field goal. You're like. This is when Texas Tech needs to figure it out to, to, to come back into this game. Yeah. But that was also, like in the, like I said, in the midst of that like really weird part of the game where you couldn't figure out what to do without getting called for a foul. Anyways, um, enough about the refs, about the fouling. There was, there, right there at the very end, when I think it was Naeem Stevenson put up a three and he missed it. Uh, and Villanova got the rebound, and then you saw Chris Beard kind of wave off the defense. You're like, all right, that's it. Like, it, it, like it settled. Like, the reality that you're going to lose this game, like you're giving up, you're throwing in the towel. It sets in. You're just like, man, this sucks. Yeah, it did. And 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 not like it sucks to lose a Villanova. Yes, losing sucks, but like this great season is ending. That sucks. Um, and it's something I told Samantha a lot. Like, you know, it's. It's it's hard to accept that because any any team playing meaningful basketball at this time of the year, 
every team except for one will end their season on a loss. You yeah. just hope it's not, it's, it's not you, right? That you're the one team that doesn't do that. Because, like, like I said, every team is going to end with a loss. You just It's always hard to accept. We saw it with Stephen F. Austin, Florida, and Purdue, how hurt and broken they were when they lost. You were just glad it wasn't you, and then it, it came to be you. I think the the point that hit me the most, and the, I it, I actually went back in the broadcast, re- recorded it on the on, on my phone, and put it on Twitter. And I have it got retweeted. I don't know, maybe a hundred times. I've got hundred plus likes on this one tweet. Was the when Chris Beard pulled out all of the starters and all the seniors, and like subbed them out, put all the the, the bench guys in. And he just he huddled them all up on the sideline. It just I, you don't know what was said because the one that the camera wasn't on on that huddle for very long. Um, Zach Smith but, said what was said, a little and bit. What was that? It was it, it was it was something basically like you know thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for, uh, thanks for staying with me for being uh, part of the program. With. Him coming on, you know, I'm, I'm sure they could have transferred. You're gonna, you're gonna or make me else. cry, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like but that's like, what that Zach Smith really, said. He said they did ask him. I mean, that was a really emotional time because you could see like all the seniors were were huddled around, and he's trying to get Nyem Stevens uh, Stevenson's attention and bring him in, and like the the players are are you know putting their arms around each other. Beard, like, he cracks a smile there, but what you know it wasn't a smile like happiness. He was just like, I don't know. It was a point in the game that I won't forget. I mean, especially, I mean, yes, I know I have video of it, so it's like, it's hard to like, well, I can go back and watch the video. But it was something that, like, I don't, I, I haven't seen that from a Texas Tech team where, like, they just kind of gather and are relishing their last, their last time to play together. And it's something I don't think I will forget because this is like the first senior class that uh, I don't know how to say it, but like really took Texas Tech to a different level. I mean, obviously it's, it's Chris Beard's second season, so it's like oh, it's the only senior class. There's only one of two, right? <laughs> right, right. But I mean, you're talking about you know players like Keenan Evans, Zach Smith, Justin Gray. Naeem Stevenson and the roles they played with this team for two or four years to this point. Unbelievable. Hard to imagine this team moving on without him. And like I said, it was just a really t- touching moment in the game when he, he, Chris Beard had pull, pull all the players off and was huddling up and, like you said, thanking them for sticking with him and well, buying into his program. Here's, uh, here's the exact quote that Zach Smith said, so get your tissue ready. He oh, said, no. <laughs> his, um, senior forward Zach Smith said, he just told us how much he appreciated the journey, how much he loved us, and appreciated us for sticking with him. So I'm kind of surprised he, he shared it, um, what he said, but probably just kind of got caught off guard. But uh, that that just says a lot on Beard and the, the kind of guys that, that – Tubby recruited too, you know, he he deserves a little bit of credit on that and I think or a lot actually and I think Beard actually gave him some credit a week or two ago uh on getting these guys here and in shape to play the way they have this whole time. So uh 
you know, whether Tubby's departure rubs you the wrong way or not, you can't deny the fact that he had uh, most of these guys ready and they were already here and they they stuck the course and Keenan Evans turned into one of the best players we'll ever see play basketball in a Texas Tech uniform. And I know some of the, you know, it was it was under Beard's tutelage too. He, he deserves some credit as well, but a lot of these guys came in ready to play and um, it was it was a moment that I didn't really grasp at the time because we were trying to leave the bar <laughs> we were at Nick's and then I was kind of I was like what, what is it what's he doing subbing people in with 9.8 seconds left and I didn't even it didn't even completely hit me because we were standing up and you know getting our stuff and everything I was like I wonder what what is he doing does he want these other guys to come in I wasn't thinking about it the other way I wasn't thinking about, you know, giving the seniors their time to to check out the game one last time. I don't know why I didn't until I saw your tweet, actually. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I wish I'd have paid attention and actually watched that moment instead of trying to leave the bar before before everybody else. (laughs) Yeah, and as not a lifelong basketball fan, I wonder if that that last sub, like what that – the significance of that is is it so the other team isn't sit celebrating on you is it so that you know you get to leave the court on not on your terms but you know as part of the game like you don't lose the game on the I don't know yeah but it was I, I go back to I know when Duncan Tim Duncan played his last game I don't know if it's like a basketball rule one of those unwritten rules or not but I think when he played his last game he was in and of course they needed him in because they were in it. You know, I think it was really close against Oklahoma City. And uh, of course, as soon as it was over, he jogged off the court, put number one in the air and stuff. And get out of here with that Spurs nonsense. No, it's not nonsense. It's it's a uh, it's it's a wonderful moment. But there is something to it. There's some kind of I think it's one of those unwritten rules about um, having just a little bit of respect and. One, you know, if there's a crowd there, they have a chance to cheer you when you come out. That that type of thing. I think it's true. I think it, that's it, really it gives the, the majority a, of it. It gives the fans some time to give you some love, even though it's you know, towards the end of the game. But um, I think that's a big part of it because, the, you know, they'll do that sometimes. In a, I've seen them do it in if if a particular player has a really good game, and he's played really well. And, you know, they'll take him out with 30 seconds or 20 seconds left or whatever. That way he can get an ovation, kind of get some love from the fans. Yeah, that's true. So you'll see that quite a bit. So I think it's kind of that same thing, just a show of respect. Which was cool to see. Hey, and speaking of Keenan Evans, um, our guy's been playing with a broken toe, Spencer. <laughs> yeah, so that that came out shortly after the game, I guess. He was told not to say anything, and I guess after the season, it's like it doesn't matter anymore. But Keenan Evans confirmed that it wasn't turf toe, it wasn't some kind of ligament, a sprain. He actually has a broken toe, expecting to have some kind of corrective, reconstructive surgery of some kind. What really, it just really goes to show and elevate his performance that much more. Yes. Those last few weeks of the season since the Baylor game, that it wasn't just like, okay, I'm i got to deal with, with, you know, a jammed toe or whatever you want to call it. The bone was broken. Like, it wasn't healing. 
obviously, and he wasn't going to allow it to keep him out any longer than it already had. That just, I mean, that really demonstrates what kind of player and how committed he was to Texas Tech and the success of this season, that he wasn't going to let a broken bone in his foot keep him from being the player this team needed. A broken toe, Spencer. I, the big I toe. No, yeah. it's like the other, the, your, your, your little toe and your big toe are the most important of the five, right? Because I've actually heard your little toe does so much in, 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 the, in your balance that if you're to break your little toe or if, you know, heaven forbid it, like you don't have a little toe anymore, like you have to relearn how to balance when you walk because of how much weight that little toe takes. Your big toe, you don't realize how much you use it. Like it's in every step. It bends and moves and it's unbelievable he was able to do what he did with a broken toe. I still can't fathom it, man, because I, I think about what would have changed in my life with a broken big toe. And, you know, driving would have been different. Uh, probably sleeping hurt to an extent. Just the pressure right. of the sheets. Uh, sitting at my desk might have hurt. Uh, <laughs> everything would have hurt. And this guy's out here playing D1 ball. He's yeah. he's, he's playing in... In the in the tournament, he's playing in round three against the number one team that's picked to win it all. I mean, it's just he just amazed me even more when we learned that, and I wasn't completely surprised that that was the case, just because he seemed like the type of player who would just say, "All right, it's just pain. It's not going to get worse," which is what he said and what everybody been saying. All right, I'll just keep going with it. And I thought, man, what if? If he broke that thing and he's playing on it, I, I just can't imagine it. I can't imagine going to my job with a broken toe. That would that would take some getting used to, that's for sure. Even being able to walk around. Yes, yeah. Can't do that. And he's, you know, playing Division One basketball, NCAA tournament, Elite Eight level basketball. Yeah. On nine toes. <laughs> yeah. And that probably explains why a lot of these games, his uh, – because in the tournament, all well, all three the Big Twelve tournament and then the NCAA tournament, the quick turnaround I think really hurt him. And he seemed to always play much better in the first game. Like in the Big Twelve game, he played he played really well against Texas, not quite as well against West Virginia. Uh, I think the same could be said for Stephen F. Austin and Florida, even though he still played great in both of those games. And then obviously in Villanova, he had a he had a – well, I hate to say it, but he didn't have a good game. He had a bad game, uh, especially for him, only going three for 12 from the field and uh, just coming away and with 12 points. He was like points. one for six at one point. Yeah, he, he really just – you know, he had a, he had a tough game. Um, but you can kind of go back and look at that. Well, a dude was playing on a broken toe not even 48 hours after he just played uh, a game against Purdue. So, okay. I can live with that. I mean, I I just still can't imagine it, man. I can't imagine yeah, going out there and doing what he did. He's going to live in the Texas Tech lore of basketball players. Yep. Um, actually, there's a question that we got, and we'll go ahead and answer this one since it's relevant to this, but Stephen F. Austin, at Stephen F. Austin, <laughs> asked us, is Keenan Evans the greatest Texas Tech player of all time? So there, there's two questions. He also said, who else in your top five? But I I didn't start following Texas Tech basketball until that 2007-2008 season when I was a freshman there. 
which was one of Bob Knight's last seasons there. So I don't have a lot of context or historical data to compare Keenan Evans to. I've seen highlights of guys like Daryl Dora, who's on the staff now. You know, So the guys I was able to watch were guys like John Roberson, uh, Dwaylon Roberts, Mike Singletary. Pat Knight's teams weren't super talented. Besides, like like, like a, a Jay Crockett, he yeah, was Jay Crockett, uh, one of the most like he he and Zach Smith are one of the on the levels of being super entertaining to watch. That they, they could just ignite a crowd, the drop of a hat with their athleticism. But those are the guys that I watched. There's another uh, Josh Gray, but like that's not that's not a very wide historical base to go off of. It you know it's ten years, but of that, Keenan Evans would have to be in, in that top top group uh same at least for me yeah and i hate to just piggyback because i'm i haven't really i think i've no michael have an opinion on your own (laughs) (laughs) i think i mentioned it a week or two ago on on one of them that i didn't really start following it that closely till tubby smith got here and i did follow you know when uh, gillespie came through and walker ended up being the interim coach i remember just because of all the shakeups and how crazy things were and how much I really wanted Walker to succeed, I think I really started following it uh, that year. was probably the first year I, I took a lot of interest in it. And so definitely since that time, um, I'm like you, man. I, I can't go back to the 90s and, and confidently say who, who, was, who was playing on that, was it 95, 96 team? Mm-hmm. Um, Thirty games. Yeah, yeah. I I can't I can't go back through there and and come up with with a good one. But Keenan Evans, man, for me, he's he's the best I've seen in the last what seven years or so since I've been watching it. And um, I know that that means that he's got to be among the top guys that have ever played for us. Well, when you look at him and like his role on this team, he was obviously. He was the the number one, the, the leader of this team on a Texas Tech team that went further than any other team in his, in Texas Tech history. So if you're going to look at it that way, then, yeah, I mean, obviously um, he's got to be up there with one of the best. Like I said, I don't have the historical data to, to compare it to. But with the success of this season, I think there will be much – there will be many more people in our shoes that will have started following Texas Tech basketball – because of Keenan Evans and this team. Yeah. Well, and if you if we went back and looked, and if I'd have thought about it, I would have, but the games that we lost, the majority of them, I think, were games that he either didn't play or played poorly or played on a freshly broken toe. You know, the, it, it just yeah, that, it really that four mattered. four-game losing streak was, was like, so he broke it. Either at the end of, like, no, so he broke it against Baylor. That was the first game we lost. Yep. That four-game losing streak right there at the end of the season, all on Keenan Evans breaking his toe and not knowing, not being able to get back in, obviously, on a broken toe that quickly. Yeah, I can only think of one win that he just played so-so and someone else really took over, and I think that was the Oklahoma State game where I think it was Culver who had 25 or something crazy where Tech was behind almost the whole game here in Lubbock and then came back and won. And I don't think Evans had a great, or, you know, not what we're typical, typically right. used to seeing him we're do. Expecting. Yeah. So there's probably just a handful of the wins that he wasn't the high point or he didn't, 
just start making clutch shots in the last three minutes or just the way he it was the Texas game wasn't it where he did that Jordan Byron Russell move in overtime and drain that shot while yes. being fouled mm-hmm. I mean that alone should put you in the top three that was beautiful yeah and, and like when you talk about you know games where he it didn't go you know go all out there were on the flip side there was a stretch of games three or four in a row where he was averaging nearly 30 points a game yeah and he was just like just he took over I mean he, he did that even in games where he didn't score 30 points but Keenan Evans was going to get his and you there was nothing you can do about it that's something that we haven't seen at Texas Tech for at least in my lifetime my fan lifetime is that an offensive player can just score at will um, it seems from like I said my experience it's always been more of a team effort it's going to be spread around a whole with the exception of maybe John Roberson but I don't have a great the greatest memory of watching him play that was back real early on when I was following Josh Gray was pretty good but he was so streaky like I don't know and and then he wasn't here for very long well my question I've got another question for you do you think if Keenan Evans hadn't broken his toe if we would be undisputably saying that he yes he is the greatest Texas Tech basketball player of all time because he would have added to his stat sheet during those games that he didn't play or that he was really hobbled and would have really made a case for it and probably would have been what I think he made third team All-American I've read something about that today I mean, he probably would have been really in the conversation to make first team or, or very close to it. Um, of course, Devontae Graham just took off the end of this year, too. But I don't know. What do you think? If I mean, he hadn't injured with, himself, would we be here going, oh, yeah, yeah, without question, he's probably the best one? Making the assumption that he was healthy the entire season minus this toe, I think Texas Tech would still be playing. I think you're right. I think that one, they would have, they wouldn't have lost those four games, or if they did lose, they wouldn't have lost all all of those four games. No, there's no way. You would have, I would say, you would have finished first in the conference in the regular season. Um, so then you would have won a regular season title, um, which I don't. It's been a long time since Tech has been able to do that. You probably would have gone a little bit further in the conference tournament if not won that thing. You would have been a one or two seed in the tournament, in the NCAA tournament. You wouldn't have been facing a Villanova. Maybe you would have been on the other side of the bracket and you would have been facing a UMBC and lost that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. Um, but no, like like you would have, like I said, assuming that those four games wouldn't have been like, I'm, I'm really focusing on those four um, because I think, obviously, when you talk about his, the health, his health, you look at those games and then everything past that. Um, I don't think you would have lost any of the games that you won if Keenan was fully healthy, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it would have been no question. He would have been th- – this wouldn't be a debate. But we wouldn't be talking about it because because we'd be like, okay, we're getting ready for a Final Four trip in San Antonio. Who's going? Right, yeah. <laughs> we, we'd have been getting ready to play Kansas or you know, whoever Hopefully it would not. worked out with the <laughs> with the, the revised number one, two seating on our part. Who else is in your top five – Again, I would say it'd have to be like it'd have to include Daryl Dora, probably have to include a Jay Crockett, a Mike Singletary. Again, this is just from the group of players I know. Josh, Ro- like again, I don't have a very deep pool to pull from. So, Josh Roberson, John, John Roberson, sorry, 
And that's five with Keenan. So sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the best best uh, best people to ask for a, like a Mount Rushmore of Texas Tech basketball players. I'm going to give you a Mount Rushmore of the past ten years, but it's not been the the highest level of success for Tech basketball. So we we <laughs> we said we were going to get into football and baseball that our, our notes were kind of light 45 minutes in we're still talking about basketball <laughs> um there before we move on i just think that there's a couple more questions i think we need to address is where do we go from here where does 2018 2019 season how do, what does that look like do you want to start michael or do you want me to go uh i i think we should all i, I think we should I'm just going to go into like the macro side of things. I, I think we should expect to make the tournament still, uh, or at least be in the top three or four of the conference. I'm not expecting us to, um, you know, do what we did this year. I'm not expecting us to repeat it. It it was due to a lot of guys who are now graduating and moving on. Keenan Evans being a lot of the reason. Uh, Zach Smith, of course. And Justin Gray being integral parts the glue of the team. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, it's, you know, Stevenson came in and really uh, really put in some good minutes. And just, man, he, he plays hard. He plays really hard. So we're going to miss that too. But uh, I don't expect a huge drop-off. Uh, I feel confident in the guys that Beard's bringing in. Is it Kayvon Moore? I think mm-hmm. that that's really got us excited. And, uh, you know, he's it's still a big guy that can score. Yeah. And he's got a, uh, a lot of scholarships, I think a few other scholarship spots to fill. So it'll be kind of a fun off season. And I'm sure Mike Labar will keep us updated on who he's, who he's going after. Um, so that's kind of my take on it is it's, I would temper the expectations based off of this season, but I think they should still be somewhat high because I think Beard's a good coach. And if, if Smith stays, um, Zaire Smith stays, then that's going to be a huge uh, benefit to us. And, you know, that's that's kind of where I stand on it. What do you think? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think you're going to make it the Elite Eight unless you – like if you do, it would be more of like a Cinderella than a, a three-seed kind of right. rushing through. You'd be coming in at like a 13-seed or something, 14. Well, I, I don't think you're coming that low. You may be like a – Nine, ten, eleven. Um, because I, if what the draft projections are showing are going to hold out for Zaire Smith, I don't think he's coming back. Which is crazy to think that you had a one and done player at Texas Tech. Yeah, but then you saw him play, and you're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I can see NBA coaches kind of salivating at this guy. <laughs> you've got you've got some great point guards behind Evans, like the transfer from Missouri that's sitting out. I don't know if, if you can just expect him to, to plug and play in Keenan Evans' spot. Culver, I don't think, is going to be your one guard. I, I don't think so two, either. Three. Yeah. You know, you're losing Zach Smith. You're going to have to figure out how Malik Ondigo is going to do, figure out how to, how to re- rely on Kayvon Moore, um, how to get Norin Odiase to really take over that five spot. Because he's not going to have a Tommy Hamilton to dispel him, and probably rotate with Malik. But those are two very different body sizes. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a lot more difficult. You have more of an uphill climb, where I think you should probably expect a little bit lower finish than you did this season. But 
we were also picked to finish seventh. And I, 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 I know that, like you said, you know, it's hard to think that the team we had this year was picked to finish seventh and you, you finished second. That's going to be difficult to re- repeat, obviously, without the core group of guys that we've mentioned. But I don't want to underestimate what Chris Beard can do. <laughs> so I don't want to say oh, he's going to fall back to seven. It'll, let me just say it'll be really interesting to see how this team comes back. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm it's going to look completely different. I mean, you're going to have Jarrett Culver and Norin Sodiase uh, and a Brandon Francis, basically, from the guys that really provide lots of minutes for you. Everything else is going to be new faces, new roles. Um, hopefully guys like Moretti and Francis step up and contribute more to this team, especially in the absence of Evans. Culver is going to be here another year. This is assuming Zaire Smith isn't coming back. If he's going, to be, If he comes back, that's going to really go a long way to kind of bridge that gap. But then you're going to have new guys that you're going to have to bring up to speed. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm actually excited about it. I'm, I'm anxious to see how they look next year and what's going to change. And yeah, so I also heard – I meant to bring this up earlier. When you were talking about um, still having some spots to fill that, they will be pursuing graduate transfers again kind of backfill like you're not going after high school guys you're you're kind of going for that transfer market to get guys like a a tommy hamilton that that came in and played one year just hoping that you can you can find another guy that you can kind of plug in with experience to help bring along the new guys and kind of fill in where you you've got a lot of a lot of experience leaving but you can kind of immediately inject that back in with a graduate transfer yep so we'll be sure to keep on top of that you know, if you're listening, go go ahead and, and, and let us know whether on Twitter or whatever where where you think this team's going to go um, next year, how they're going to do it. Because um, I'm really interested to see what everybody thinks about that. But I say we go ahead and turn to football since that was another <laughs> yeah news producing. Well, one bit of news I I don't think we can we can let go on un, unmentioned is that there was they had the first of three open spring practices this this past weekend in Midland. From all reports, it was everybody stayed healthy. Um, they performed. I mean, you didn't have any, like, major standouts. You didn't have any guys that were super disappointing. Still making progress. Excited to see, you know, over the next couple of weeks, the open practices here in Lubbock and Dallas, how those go. Probably gonna look a little bit differently. Yeah, they might. Those they might. Suspensions look a don't get cleared up before <laughs> then. I I don't know what 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 to expect about that, but unless you've been living in Iraq, you know that four players were arrested Sunday morning um, after the the spring practice. They were uh, let me just say uh, several football players were were at a local watering hole, <laughs> a drinking establishment here in town that doesn't have the best reputation. Yeah, it's a dump. It's the worst. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm, I've never been so. Okay. Oh man, I, I will say there. I will say their name. It's Bash Rip Rocks, and most people probably have already seen it in there. But I remember going there years ago, and never really liked it. I think I only went a handful of times. They have one really weird room that I think the ceiling's seven feet tall, and then you walk in to a hole in the wall to another room where. The ceiling's completely different, and it's just like it, it's it's. I don't know. I think all that uh, 
all that in there just makes people angry. Just <laughs> confines you, makes you feel confined, and it's it's it hasn't had a great reputation. I think a tech player got there was some assault there or something last June. Isn't that where where Jakeem Grant got shot? Well, it's I think it was stabbed. <laughs> stabbed, whatever. And I don't know if it was there. Okay, well, I may be starting rumors on that, but there was definitely something involving a tech player last June at Bash Rip Rocks. And so just just don't go there. Just don't go well, there, guys. Good news there is I think Kingsbury has forbidden the team ever returning to that establishment. Oh, man, fully agree. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, if you haven't, haven't been following with the story, four players were arrested. Jet Duffy, one of your guys that are competing for the starting quarterback position. Christian Taylor, those are the two guys that uh, I would say actually did some criminal damage, if you will. Uh, then two other guys got arrested, Quan Shorts and... Desmond Smith. Desmond Smith. I think they were arrested for what police were calling interference. They weren't They weren't getting back. They were. They, the, there was a large crowd of people there. And if you haven't seen the video, there's an 18-minute full version of it. Although it starts right... You don't see what provoked Christian Taylor to smash out this dude's windshield with his bare hand, which... Impressive, dude. Um, I almost say, say out of your way. Yeah. Um, so you don't know what provoked it. We've heard stories that like there were not some threats, but there was some aggressive behavior between the driver of this vehicle going back and forth, passing the group, um, and then eventually, very slowly, hit Christian Taylor in the street with his car. I think that, that's when he started hitting it. But the video starts right after that. There's a shortened version of it, maybe a minute long. I haven't seen that one, but I think it's just basically the highlights of a few of the arrests. But it's a very large group of people out on the street between U-Lofts and Bash Rip Rocks. Um, I think what initiated the police presence, there was a, a threat of somebody going for a gun. Not one of the football players, one of the other guys on the opposite side of this disagreement or argument. There was, like I said, a threat of a gun. When police showed up, that's when they saw Christian Taylor hit the vehicle again. You don't know exactly what provoked it from the video, but like I said, there's a large group of people out in the street. Police, you know, initially arrest Christian Taylor, and then a lot of people, onlooker style, kind of descend on the police officers, and they're screaming at him, what's going on, what are you doing, why are you doing this to him? Several of them being football players asking about their teammate, because um, it looks like when they when they moved Christian Taylor, he kind of, I don't know, went limp. Not like he was hurt or anything, but I don't, I, don't, I don't understand exactly what was going on. But they were asking about him, like, hey, can you, can you help him sit up? Can you roll him over? Police were telling everybody to get back. Uh, several of the other arrests, like I said, Desmond Smith and Quan Shorts were arrested because they didn't. Were I don't know. I, I, I didn't. Those two arrests weren't actually on the 18-minute video. I think it was another officer that arrested those guys. I don't know. I, I, while it was dumb for both Christian Taylor and Jet Duffy to have hit both of the things that they hit, one being a car, one being a wall, in terms, like, if you were to have a spectrum of off-season drama and reasons why somebody got arrested, this was all on the very low end. There have been talks whether or not these players should be removed from the team. It seems like the longer the story goes on, the more details that come out, I don't think they absolutely not should be removed. I think they should remain on the team. They should be punished, which I think they were. There was a practice today, and the reporters saw them, at least two of them, 
in like the brown workout clothes of shame running stadium stairs. Yeah. Kingsbury uh, came out and said they, they, they are still on the team, all four of them, but they've been suspended indefinitely. I don't know how long that's going to go. It's going to go throughout the rest of the spring. If it's going to kind of bleed over to the season, whether they're going to miss a game or a half or whatever. What are, what are your takes on this situation? I I feel like it's – you don't want to just excuse it saying, ah, kids will be kids. Um, no, there's consequences to your actions. And I think uh, especially Taylor and Duffy are going to find out what these consequences are. Um it wasn't smart to do what they did. I'm pretty positive that they feel the same way. I don't. It's not like I know these guys personally, but I'm sure they regretted it almost instantly, and if not instantly, probably with within an hour. So um, <laughs> once they were in handcuffs, you're like, yeah, that was done. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't <laughs> worth all that. Um, what gets? Well, I mean, I, I would say probably Jet Duffy, Christian Taylor may not have. Uh, this is me speaking for him, and I don't want to really put words in his mouth or whatever, depending on what provoked him, I don't know if he would have felt bad for what he did. That's true. If someone's, if the person driving that car was the one making the threat about having a firearm and was the one and, and was trying to run him over or, or, uh, do something like that, then yeah, he, he really may not regret it that much. Um, but he may regret have gotten, have, he may regret being arrested. Oh yeah, but I actually, would regret his actions. And right. again, that's me speaking for him. I don't want to really. You shouldn't accept my my words just then for how he actually feels. Yeah, gosh, no, don't accept our words at all for how any of these well, guys. Hold feel. on, <laughs> for how I, you didn't let me finish. Um, no, I. What gets lost in this too is yes, there were four tech players arrested, but there were ten total, so it was just a really hairy situation. Um, of course, Duffy and Taylor were charged with uh, criminal counts mischief. of criminal mischief. Yeah, but it's still a misdemeanor. Um, I think damage below $750 still qualifies that. And then uh, Shorts and Smith were charged with uh, misdemeanor counts of disorderly conduct, which is what the other six people were charged with who were hauled to jail as well so i, I basically think, the ones that were told to get back and didn't right right they didn't they didn't um comply they didn't comply with the officer's orders and so they um i think they were warned and then they were taken away so yeah based on what i know now no i don't think that these guys deserve to be off the team uh, i do like that kingsbury kind of left the caveat in there of because it's not an, you know it's not done they're going to be charged and they're going to have to go before the court and pay the fine or you know whatever it is they're going to have to do do the community service for the repairs probably yeah yeah i mean there's it's not over uh, legally speaking so i think kingsbury was right to um kind of just suspend him indefinitely at this point and then i think he's going to still see what comes of it legally what the legal consequences will be and then maybe take further action maybe not maybe deem that you know hauling 44 pounds of stuff up and down the stairs several times plus not getting to uh, play in frisco or in lubbock is going to be enough punishment so i think he's approaching it about as best he can and i know for at least you know jet duffy missing practice time is 
detrimental to him who's trying to secure a starting position on this team. Christian Taylor's been kind of a rotational special teams guy. I don't think missing playing time is going to change that. I don't think he was going to be competing for a starting role. I mean, no offense to him. Desmond Smith um, may or may not have been competing. I mean, he's probably competing for a starting role, but there's so many defensive backs it would you know it would have been difficult to have secured a spot probably would have been like a rotational guy Quan shorts probably expected to start on the outside like yeah. i said those two guys probably are going to get off a little bit easier in terms of punishment i i would i would think because of the nature of their charges and the arrest right uh, i mean in more ways than one they'll get off easier um in in the eyes of the law and probably with Kingsbury. Right. So yeah, I it'd be interesting to see how, how long this goes out. We we were we actually thought about recording last night, but we kinda of put it off it's like, well, we might be able to get some more information on the football stuff when we wait another day. We didn't really get anything else besides them being still on the still on the team at this point and being suspended. But that indefinitely term just means from here until I say so. Right. So. Yeah. I'm still really interested to go watch the the scrimmage when they come to Lubbock. Um, I don't I don't think the one in Frisco will be televised, but it'll be good for you Dallas folks to go out and watch it. I'm gonna try to get a 23 personnel podcast meetup Ooh. with Michael and I. I don't know if anybody else is gonna follow us, but maybe we should we should promote that. We should have a a podcast slash STP meetup. Do we need a banner? Yeah, we're probably not recognizable enough. We can just like stand over and say, "Hey, come find us." <laughs> But there are three of us here in Lubbock. It's me, me, you, and Labar. So yeah, there, there'll at least be yeah, there'll at least be three of us there. We, we, we can probably wear some of our uh, our shirts that Brian uh, designed. Although that material on a larger figure like myself, <laughs> figure. Wow, that was very <laughs> effeminate. Not very. Um, Not the most flattering. No. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've noticed that over here too. I can't quite pull it off. I, I need. I need a little bit. Well, that's why I didn't get the tri-blend this time. Um, and if you do, you got to go it's black. Brian's fault. It's, yeah, it's Brian's fault. For you get the tri-blend, you got to get the black because yeah. that, that helps a little bit. I, I got the, the with, super with, dark gray. With those of us who are more shapely. Black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't think we can just stand out and say, hey, come find us. But may, maybe we should have a uh, STP 23 personnel podcast meetup, um, meet some listeners, readers, fans, and cuss and discuss, as they say. Yeah, sounds like a plan to me. All right, before we run out of time, let's let's move on to baseball. A little more cheery weekend, like we we're all hoping for. They they had a, a bounce back series against Northeastern. I'll a say, team, a team from the Boston area, Boston. Oh yeah, interesting because the basketball team was up in Boston. They came down from Boston. The basketball probably, team actually practiced in Northeastern's gym. How about that? They did. Yeah, kind of surprisingly, Northeastern is the number eight RPI team, or at least they were. <laughs> this this weekend, Texas Tech uh, f- had a four game sweep against them. Had very nearly a a record number of runs in a series. I think they scored. Oh, I had it. I had it added up over here. It's fifty six. Fifty six runs in a four game series. Yep. All of them seemed like it was pretty comfortable. Texas Tech has moved back into the number one spot on the RP- RPI, which is good. And bad. I, there was a morning host here in town that kind of joked, like, "Well, nothing you do is going to help you with your RPI because everybody else is under you." <laughs> right. 
But with the four-game sweep, Texas Tech moves to 21-5. and The game tonight, we're against uh, New Mexico State, actually got postponed because of the weather. We're actually getting rain here. <laughs> we was, had it, a... was it because of the weather? Because they announced it yeah. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I just knew it was postponed, and uh, they haven't set the... They haven't set the new date for it yet. Well, because I, I think they they play them again next week, but I think they're, yeah, they're but in they Las play them in, or I think they play them in Midland next week. Well, so it's you just had a couple hours things. and do a doubleheader. Yeah, maybe they'll do that. But I heard the radio guys say today that since it was a home game, New Mexico State will have the final say, and if they wanted to do that, that's true. And as a as an out of conference game, it's not like Texas Tech needs to add it back to their schedule. They're still gonna like if they don't replace this game, they will play fifty-five games this season instead of fifty-six, which is still gonna be up there because of all the four-game weekend series they've played. I think they've played three so far. Yeah, and they had a five-game midweek series. Or no, no, sorry, they had a two-game midweek series with Louisville. Um, so they're playing a lot of games. So missing one against New Mexico State is not gonna be the end of the world if they don't end up um, rescheduling it. As we mentioned early in the podcast, they're. They're home this week against West Virginia. By the time they finish the series, they will be halfway through their season. Quietly, you know, it's been six weeks since they, they they started, but with basketball taking ninety five percent of everybody's attention around town, <laughs> baseball's been really quiet. Well, and they just haven't been here forever. That's true. It seems they've like been it's been the, it's, it seems like they've been gone for the longest time. And then this this series against Northeastern after conference play started but it was also in the middle of the NCAA basketball tournaments and kind of been quite, it'll probably pick, I'm assuming it'll pick right back up this weekend being that basketball is done and it's a home series against a conference opponent. It'll be Thursday through Saturday, moved it up a day for the Easter holiday on Sunday. Yeah. They went over two full weeks, not playing in Lubbock. It was 16 days. It's a lot. It's a long little drought <laughs> without baseball floating around. Yeah. So as a baseball fan, hoping that they can get back, on track, especially in conference, especially you know missing your starting your starting pitchers that have been out, um, especially Erickson Landing kind of filling in that other weekend spot, left-handed pitcher as you know when you lost Gingry you saw Landing but um, he's been out. You've got some bullpen guys that you're trying to make sure are healthy before you f- fully bring them back in. Um, still kind of trucking along. Your offense is solid and streaky. <laughs> Against really good competition, they they were quiet. Against really bad competition, they just light people up. <laughs> yeah, hoping that that you can just continue building on your offensive success and scoring lots and lots of runs, at least one more than your opponent every game. You have anything else on baseball? I know you're not like a a baseball guy, but I'm I'm not. But now that basketball's over, I'll I'll hopefully have a little more to say than just yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> well, with with the, like I said, with the basketball season being over, and um, we've got some season tickets in our office, I'll have to grab a couple more and, and see if we can go watch some games. Yeah, and a lot of the Big Twelve games are televised, so that's that's really helpful too. Yeah, the ones this weekend will all be on TV. I think they're mixed between Southwest, the Fox Sports One, and Fox Sports Southwest. Yes, Fox Sports Southwest Plus. It's one. It's on the Fox Network. Yeah, so that's always helpful to be able to have that on. Yeah, but I mean, for a home home series, you want to be there. So, yep. All right, I think it's time we we answer these last two listener questions. I'm gonna I'm gonna cue you up for this first one because I'm not I'm not sure where I fall on this one, but it's from our our our, our friend Brian. 
Chips on a sandwich, yes or no? Okay, before I answer this, I want to give Brian a shout-out because he made some really great posters for the three rounds of basketball that Tech played. And well, uh, he does it for every every football game, too. Right, and he does it for every football game. And, um, and they're all for sale, so if you want to go buy some of his artwork... He's Go on Twitter it. at b underscore Don Carlos. I'm sure he's got the his online store on his Twitter. If he doesn't, I'm gonna text him now to get it up there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, really, check it out. Uh, he he really did some great work, especially uh, the last the, these three he did for the NCAA tournament. I've, they're, they're some of my favorites that he's done. Uh, the the first one he did had burn the boats as the theme, and which is a freaking awesome yeah that was just a great marketing thing in general by the texas tech athletics guys whoever thought of that and then brian took it and did a really nice job with it and it is the background of my tablet and uh but it might soon be replaced by his rendering of chris beard kind of looking like wimpy from popeye holding a bag of waterburger <laughs> <laughs> lovingly great it's a lovingly tribute so uh anyway check out his posters um but back to his question, chips on the sandwich, yes or no? Yes, when it, but I'm particular about it, um, <laughs> if you'll believe that. The only time I really like to put chips on a sandwich is when it's a bologna sandwich. And then the only chips I like to put on a bologna sandwich are plain Lay's potato chips. I think I have put... Okay, I take that back. Not just bologna, but tuna salad. I've put plain Lay's potato chips on tuna salad before, and that's turned out quite well. But that's really it. I usually don't. I usually don't do it outside of that. What What do you What do you got, Spencer? Are you a chips on a sandwich guy, or or what? Have you tried it? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no, that's just. Oh, it's good. You get that crunch in there, but I, I'm particular on when I do it. So it's not like if someone hands me a, you know, a Philly cheesesteak, I'm going to put some Doritos on it or something. It's it's got to be certain certain things. I think back when I was a kid, I'd put Fritos on sandwiches, but I, that was just kind of weird. I think I was trying to start something and it never caught on. Not even with myself. <laughs> See, here here's what I'm thinking though. If you have to add something to a sandwich, then the sandwich wasn't that good to start with, right? Well, but that goes to say anything. Well, why, okay. why would you put cheese on it? Why would you put why mayonnaise? Why would you put on cheese it? on a hamburger? You know what I mean, though. Like, <laughs> chips are not a regular sandwich topping. You're it just enhances it. To change. it. <laughs> no, it's nice. It's nice to get that crunch, that little extra saltiness. But it's, it doesn't it doesn't fully change the flavor profile of it because it's plain Lay's potato chips. I mean, really, all you taste in plain Lay's potato chips is like oil and salt. They don't taste like potato. <laughs> they don't taste like anything else. It's just kind of like, oh, this is this is a you know a form of grease that I can crunch. So I'm good with this. Yeah, I'm t- I'm all about it, Brian. I'm all about it on bologna. And tuna, especially. I bet if you brought up a couple other ones, I might, I might go with it. But I'm a purist. It's just got to be plain lays. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put any chips on a sandwich. <laughs> Live on the wild side, man. <laughs> Sorry, I'm also trying to look for um, 
where Brian has his artwork for sale because it's not on his Twitter account like I said it would be. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. And it's not it's not on any of the posts on Staking the Plains, but... Yeah, maybe we can... If we find it, we can put it in the show notes or something because he does have a website set up to where you can buy some posters and, and um, you know, different sizes. You can get them framed if you want or there's different ways that you can get the the posters printed and we'll, we'll figure out what that is and, and get that up there. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to message him right now. So when, when he responds while we're recording, I will insert it back into our discussion. <laughs> you want to, okay. We, we need to address this other question because it's something we've talked about before and it's from somebody that has really helped us as a podcast and get our, our show off the ground from the Slaytons or at the Slaytons. He's been, um, technical advisor if you will for us podcasting noobs he asked the question of all questions is it a breakfast taco or breakfast burrito and well i feel like you know this is always worth addressing it's firmly as far as the 23 personnel podcast is concerned it is breakfast burrito uh we've we've made this clear a few times we've stated our cases there's, there's a lot of reasonings behind this. There's data. There's there, maps. There's data. <laughs> there are maps, excuse me, yeah. grammar police. There, and uh, I, I'm firmly on the side of the burrito, but just always the clarification, just the asterisk that I'm not um, against the taco for other meals, for lunch yeah, or I, dinner, or for like, like 2 a.m., you know, tacos are great. I love tacos, but when I think of tacos, I mean, even so, like, yeah, you need to wrap it up, roll it up, close one end, <laughs> at least one end, if not both. Have some respect for yourself. And that's a burrito. Yeah. So. I don't like to wear my breakfast if at all possible. I mean, I'm I'm a messy eater, so I, I need to like if there are any open ends to things, I need to close it up. Yep. Yep. All right. What did we learn this week? I've got two one, things. I've got two okay, things. I'll you, you start. You start. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll learn. I'll tell you my first thing. My first thing is that I learned that Elon Musk, who's a private citizen, can shoot his own car into space, but we can't create a way for me to pull out one single baby wipe at a time with one hand. <laughs> Every time I pull out like five of them and, you know, your and other you, hand... You it's obviously occupied. Yes. We have a very wiggly baby. She just turned one in December, and she is all over the place when you're trying to change her. If you take your hand off of her, she's going to end up on the floor, and we're going to end up in the emergency room. So there was one time I was so frustrated, and I didn't even notice it. I was pulling the wipes out with my free hand, and I couldn't get one to come apart, so I just pulled as hard as I could. You get like and, a whole like <laughs> string well, of them coming out. I, I thought it, you know, I, you know, a couple ended up on the floor, and I figured it out later. But then I came in, and my wife noticed it, and one was it was about an hour or two later, or whenever she needed to, her diaper changed again. This was when she was really little, and my wife noticed that there was one hanging on the ceiling fan. <laughs> she was like, "What happened?" And only, very only sheepishly, a dad, yeah, only a dad changing a diaper could get one on the ceiling fan. I was like, "Well, hell, you only can't get, but you can't get one out at a time." I turn into like Walter Brennan or something when I'm getting into that. <laughs> so um, that's what I learned this week 
is that someone needs to figure this out because we've tried several brands, not because of this, you know, we just tried several brands and we we found a brand that we like that's cheap and does a good job. And so we're sticking with it, but all of them, all of them are the same way. You can't just pull one out at a time. You're going to pull five. What did you learn? I've got another one if you want me to go. Just that. So, you know, we're in the process of dominating our neighbors. We got the, the fence stained and sealed this weekend. Ooh. Only took me like eight hours of work to do it because I didn't know what I was doing. Finally got a, a decent sprayer and figured out, one, you have to have the right tip. You also have to have, to have a lot of pressure behind the spray. <laughs> and you can't apply too much of it because the wood was so absorbent. If I over-applied, I didn't have enough time to go spread it around before it soaked back in. So one, that's good. The thing I learned in my domination is that I probably missed my window for seeding grass by a week. Oh. And not, and not that it's bad, but that right now with the torrential rains we're getting, which don't get me wrong, I'm really I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm thrilled that the Lubbock area is getting these rains. Without any grass holding the dirt down in my yard, it's all washing out to the streets. Like, I just hope there's something left when the rain stops to actually plant my grass in. Well, I'm sure you can figure something out. Maybe maybe if we wait long enough, some topsoil from further south will blow onto your yard. <laughs> some... That's true. There is a, there's an open field where they're expanding the neighborhood. They're going to be building just to the west of us. So there's um yeah or even or even as far you know like Ropesville or Brownfield you know you might get some of their topsoil to land on your yard uh, and then that'll be really nice and it'll come in well have all the nutrients that the farmers put in it and help uh <laughs> help your yard grow nutrient like we're we're already getting plenty of nutrients from from our dog <laughs> uh, I've I've got I've got the fertilizer ready to go down with a new seed. Which, by the way, we're doing tall fescue. I'm excited to, to dominate them that way because they've got Bermuda, and it's all dead. They well, one because unfortunately, when we all bought our houses on this part of the street, we closed in December, so they they laid dormant Bermuda sod in December. I was like, that's that's not going to work. <laughs> I know. I've I've always that never seems to to work out because I, I remember some houses. Our neighborhood's pretty new too, and they even closed in like October and November and then I remember the the following spring and summer they still had you know four or five dead patches that they just couldn't get to grow and I think they finally gave up on them and put some new ones down but yeah we we lucked out we closed on ours when we did in August we didn't really luck out because that means we had to water the heck out of it and our bill was ginormous but we knew it was coming but still it was it was a very large water bill. Um, yeah. Oh, I wanted to tell you the other thing I learned this week. You're not going to like it, but you already know what it is. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's that, um, you know, that, that Sonic Mushroom burger patty? That's pretty dang good. That was pretty darn good. I got that uh, last Tuesday, I think. And uh, we'd been to, like, a little wine thing. And, of course, they serve, like, hors d'oeuvres and stuff. And... Like, I need me something to eat on the way home. That only, like, <laughs> that only, like, P. 
peaks the 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 appetite you're like now i'm ready to really yeah. go after something <laughs> it's like what's next so yeah we we had some hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that it actually was pretty hearty but i still didn't fill up and this burger was perfect it was two bucks it was just about the size you want the little brioche bun was nice and sweet it was kind of like a potato bun or potato bread you know and then uh the only thing I noticed differently was that the burger might have been a little salty, but I think it was because of their bold spices that they include on the signature slinger. So, all right, all y'all out there that want to do your part about cow farts, go ahead. Feel free to get you the Sonic Mushroom Burger. You'll be glad you did. It'll be a good $2.14 that you'll spend. And uh, it was... Uh, I really don't have any big complaints on it. It was good. It was exactly what I wanted after going. You know to that what thing. else is is delicious for two dollars that Sonic sells? That's a hamburger. <laughs> is their junior double cheeseburger? Two patties, cheese, pickles, ketchup. Yeah, but this doesn't have all the guilt, Spencer. This was three hundred and sixty calories, and I tell you what, when I go to a burger joint and I order a burger. Calories, That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Calories, calories are the right? first thing on my list. You bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So really, really quickly before we close, Brian got back with me. You might need to write this down, but his the link to his store, so it's hosted at society6.com. So it's S-O-C-I-E-T-Y, numbers, and then, and then the number six, dot com, slash B for Brian, Don Carlos. So B-D-O-N-C-A-R-L-O-S. Check he has it out, assured guys. me. Yeah, he's assured me he will get the NCAA tournament artwork up on there soon. If it's not there when you check it out, buy prints, support this very talented artist and architect. Just as unbelievable, like the the one that that he did of Keenan Evans this past week. Like I don't even know like where to even begin. Where he did like all the geometric shapes to actually get like a finished image out of it. Yeah, he made him look like a, a vintage video game character. Like a Konami Which, character. Oh, and, and then he got ripped on the post for not putting the right code in there. But but whatever. he was right. No, he was right. He backed it up. I th- And that seems right to me. I mean, I, I don't know for sure. But I think what he had up there was right, too. I, so he's I wouldn't got argue up, with up. him. Yeah, he's got up, up, down, down. Left, right, left, right. B-A start. Sounds good I to think, me. I think at least one of them was up, up, down, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, select, start. Was that was that a Konami one, though? I'm pretty sure it was. Okay. I don't know. I, don't know. I didn't cheat. Oh, I played the video games <laughs> as they were intended to be played, except for NBA Jam Tournament Edition, where I got the book, and then I could play as, like, Bill Clinton or the Bulls mascot or... <laughs> Bill Gates, <laughs> all these random people you could play as. It was nuts. Yeah. Anyways, like I said, if you haven't checked out any of his artwork, you need to go check it out. Go to his store. Again, it's society6.com slash Carlos. Buy up some of his prints. I've seen some of his artwork hanging up in Evie Mays, actually, Evie Mays. Uh, his Touchdown Boys poster of Pat, Pat Mahomes and Cliff Kingsbury is like the Miami Vice style. I think it was his very first poster. Dude, and it was unbelievable. Yeah, that, that's awesome. that was pretty. That was a pretty good way to start it out. A 
poster making career over its STP. Yeah, so he's got he's got prints. Um, I, I think you can get shirts. I know we all got shirts for the staff with some of his designs on it. I got my, what was mine? Mine was the um, the Dia de Day los of, Muertos. Yeah, the Day of the Dead skull with the the matador sombrero. It's not a sombrero, but the matador hat. Yeah, on the on the skull. Yeah, it's a really it's just, cool look. Yeah, it's really great. Unfortunately, Triberland on a larger male, not super uh, flattering. So I, I don't. I usually only wear it around the house where only Samantha and Grace have to see me. So. <laughs> have to see you. <laughs> Anyways, Michael, you got anything else before we close it out? No, I think I'm good. Y'all go get you a mushroom burger. Don't don't get a mushroom burger. Get, get your mushroom burger. burger and wash it down with a Pepsi. I may have to find like a, a new co-host, but like a craigslist one ad or something i know the more the more we get into it the more i realize some of my tastes are actually kind of weird speaking of did you see the bar call me out in the chat and said like actually my food tastes were the ones that were bad like his and yours were fine i was like no the bars <laughs> he seems to be the one always defending okay his no, place okay. in our get in this our get this we were talking about waterburger it was when we were talking about um brian's artwork with with chris beard and he said, trying to make the claim that Whataburger was not the number one regional fast food chain in Texas. It was actually Brahms. One, we ripped them because Brahms is an Oklahoma chain, not a Texas chain. Yeah. Two, Brahms is straight garbage. <laughs> Brahms is a wannabe Dairy Queen slash 7-Eleven and couldn't decide which one to be and just tried to do both and yeah, came up short. <sighs> Lubbock's getting two Brahms, though, so I don't know. I'm not super excited about that. Uh, I, mean, I feel it, betrayed. I, There's a Sonic really next cool. to the Brahms. Just go get a mushroom burger. Don't go to oh Brahms. Gosh, stop with the mushroom burgers. <laughs> it's gonna, that, that new place is going to be really close to my house. I'm still not going to go to Brahms. You should go there and take your water burger in there and eat it. <laughs> you, you know what I'm going to do? It reminds me of that scene in um, Parks and Rec when Ron goes in that like world market type of store grocery store and he's offered vegan bacon <laughs> and he takes like yes I'll, I want to try it and he just throws it straight away like yep. straight, he throws it away that's what I'll do I'll walk into Brahms order something like throw it away it's like that's where your food belongs I remember um, my friend Adam was we were in college together in South Plains and Leveland and we were so cheap and college students with no money that we would go to uh, Whataburger and get like two whoppers for two twenty-two. We'd we'd split it, and then we'd go to McDonald's and eat in McDonald's wait, wait, and get the on. forty-two just, cent Coke. You just say you went to Whataburger and got whoppers? Oh gosh, no! I did say that. We went to Burger King. We went to Burger King and got cheap whoppers, and then went to McDonald's and ate them. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. It's bold move walking into McDonald's with Burger King. Yeah, yeah, we did because they had the forty-two cent Cokes. And so we'd, you know, we'd eat for like less than three bucks. Which you can do at Sonic with their double, junior double cheeseburger. Or that, no, that, no, no, that no. little old mushroom burger deal. <laughs> All right. So we're coming up on an hour and a half. If you're still listening, actually, I, I, I want to hear from <laughs> Congratulations. you Congratulations. Yeah. One, thanks for taking with us. Two, what do you think is our, um, oh my gosh, almost a desired length. And like, that's what she said. <laughs> Ideal. Uh, ideal length on podcast recording. What? What? 
how long are you guys willing to listen to us ramble on? And I, I've heard I've heard anywhere like that forty to forty five minute range. We're obviously double that. <laughs> we could split this episode into two and an epic two parter. <laughs> we could let us know what what length you want to hear. Like obviously an hour and a half is probably a little on the long side. If if you listen to us on Podbean or if you want to be able to speed it up a little bit, go into the Podbean, download that app. Um, they have an adaptive speed, uh, like an adaptive playback version where it'll skip out silences like that one just a second ago and also play our, our, our speaking back a little bit faster, not like time and a half where you don't understand a thing we're saying, but speed it up just a little bit. You'll be able to get through one the silences and gaps a little bit better um, and then get through the hour and a half podcast, maybe an hour. Yeah, and case- it, it might make me even sound like a normal person sped up a little bit as opposed to my West Texas self. Okay. I, I, I don't know. Sorry. I have one more story to tell you. You brought this up when I was working for rivals and I was doing interviews with recruits. This was back when the Morales brothers, Tony and Alfredo were recruits. So it's been eight years ago. Probably you would not believe how fast Tony Morales spoke. Like I recorded like the interview I did over, with him over the phone I had to play it back at half speed where he sounded normal, like like where I could actually understand him. So he would be speaking really fast like this, and I had no idea what he was saying, and I have to play it back really slow. What cracked me up the most was like he would answer at a normal sounding pace at half speed, and then you get to me, so what <laughs> did you think about? You know, it was just like ridiculously slow. And then he sounded normal. So that dude spoke so, so fast. <laughs> Anyways, if we're going way too long, one, let us know how long you think we should be going. Two, um, not that we're, we're affiliated. Any, we're not getting any kind of kickback from promoting the Podbean app, which is also our host. But they, like I said, have a adaptive playback speed where it'll skip through and play a little faster. I'm not sure about Google or um, the one on, on iTunes is more static like you can play it back faster but it's it doesn't change or adapt so podbean app find us 23 personnel podcast obviously if you aren't yet you need to be subscribed to the podcast on itunes google if you follow us on podbean you'll, you'll get a, a feed every time we upload an episode follow us on twitter at 23 personnel at punts suck and at lsrr07 for all of our nonsense and shenanigans. For Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for coming back for another week. Peace.